Have you ever wanted to be in two places at once? Well, with 5G, we're actually closer than ever as the world becomes a much smaller place when content can be brought to you from the other side of the globe almost exactly when it happens. My name is Roland Ross, and you're listening to Possibilities, the 5G series podcast only on the Globe on the Radar channel. Here with us today is Mr. TJ Manotog, whose face and influence I'm sure you are all familiar with, as we've seen his incredible body of work spanning two decades as a sportscaster, journalist, and news anchor from the likes of GMA, ANC, and ABS-CBN channels. So if there's anyone who knows anything about the world of broadcasting media, it's this guy here. TJ, so good to have you on the show. Hey, how are you guys? Thanks for having me on. Awesome. It is a real honor. So I have to ask, I mean, who do you think is going to win the NBA this season? <laughs> well, not the Bucks because they're gone. <laughs> yeah. Nor the Raptors. I don't know, man. Look, it's looking very interesting. Um, you know what? You, yeah, everybody's saying that without the Bucks and the Raptors, that the Lakers might have a stronger chance. The Clippers having a hard time, but don't count out Arkababaya and Coach Eric Sposa and the Heat. They're playing some really good basketball. I like what I see from the Heat. So who knows? <laughs> Yeah, I know. Absolutely. You know, I'm actually originally from L.A., so uh, it's also tough because, um, you know, traditionally just been a Lakers fan. But then, mm-hmm. you know, you have all these new fans uh, for Clippers. So it's always like L.A. versus L.A. Uh, mm-hmm. So, like, are, are you are you based in the U.S. as of now, I believe? Yeah, I've been in San Francisco for the last uh, almost two years now. So uh, pretty much getting the hang of things here already. So, yeah, so far so good. Except for, of course, right now there's some wildfires going on here. Uh, in the, in the West Coast, um, but uh, other than that, we've kind of adjusted to to pandemic life already so far. Just reflecting, right? You've been a journalist for over two decades, mm-hmm. and I think you've seen this shift in the media landscape, yeah. especially in news broadcast and entertainment. And so, how was that like? And how did you manage to adapt, especially with the emergence of so many channels or platforms mm-hmm. like Twitter, YouTube, Facebook? How much has that changed uh, throughout the years? Oh man, I mean, it's it it technology has changed our work tremendously. Um, I can just try to flash back quickly to about 10, 12 years ago when Twitter was very fresh. Mm. YouTube was just gaining ground and gaining momentum. And I remember having uh, discussions in the newsroom. And I wasn't <clears throat> back then. I was like, you could call me like a junior anchor, or a junior reporter. And I was one of the techie guys then. And I was already kind of telling them, you guys, you know what? I think you got to take a good look at this Twitter thing. I, we, you know, some of us have a feeling this could really pop and have a significant role in news. You know, and fast forward to now, it kind of is the heartbeat of news, right? It's where everything bursts first in terms of breaking mm, news. Like when news breaks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And because of that, wow. you know, in every newsroom right now, they have this thing, what they call digital first. Brain, back in the day, mm. it would used to be like, you know, you go out as your news teams, you cover your stories, you you shoot them on your cameras, you know, with your pre- professional cameraman, and you bring those stories back to the base where they're edited and they're saved really for the primetime newscast, right? Like for us, it was for TV Patrol. Whatever you're covering, whether it's a breaking news event, like it's a fire or, or it's an accident or it's a sporting event or even if a press conference, you're tweeting that first. Yeah. <laughs> it's now digital first. So wow. once you tweet that, you send the photo and a short description to your editors that goes onto the website. Then a short video goes onto YouTube and then even Instagram and then Twitter. And then it just turned everything upside down. And, um, and because of the technology of 
you know, broadband speeds, the, the, the devices as well, it's really changed the way we operate and the way news is consumed on the other end for our consumers as well. So the demand now is so high. The expectations are so high to be so fast and on the ball that, um, you know, you're not just competing anymore with your competition. You're competing with just ordinary people as well on the internet who might just, you know, share a photo of something that will be the next viral thing, right? And then as a news organization, you can't be left behind. So it's fascinating, but it, in the last five to 10 years, journalism, media, broadcast media has changed tremendously. And, and God knows, dude, what's going to happen in the next five, 10 years. Who knows? Really, you know? <laughs> You know, you're you're segueing into something really important because it's so interesting. You're talking about like the way things break, and because of broadband, mm -hmm. you know, the, the the next question is really talking about media or actually content consumption. And so we're seeing this jump mm -hmm. from 4G to 5G. And, and do you believe that uh, the way things break from 4G to 5G will be a bigger jump than when 4G was from 3G? I think so. I mean, I've been fortunate enough to be embedded in some tours as well of uh, 5G technology. Yeah. I've been to China a couple of times from some different brands who brought us there to share with us the future mm. that they see of 5G. And as well, just being a tech journalist and a tech geek, you know, trying to absorb and learn more and wanting to understand where this is bringing us. And a lot of people, you know, for common, you know, average users out there, they'll, they'll usually connect 5G with oh, faster speeds, right? But one thing that's... Yep under the radar, so to speak, is the, the latency. Yep. I don't want to get too technical, but on the broadcasting end, when you're going to try to stream you know, uh, HD videos now, even 4K videos, it'll just be there in a snap. Yeah. And it's going to be bananas in terms of what we can really expect to share to our, our audiences or viewers. Like We would be in a sporting event. You know, I'll... Let's say I'm, I'm filming highlights, you know, and I'm just trying to contain it short. Like I'm telling myself, keep it yeah. like within 10 to 15 seconds because I have to, you know, have to upload this. By the time it's uploaded, yeah. there's all this time elapsed, right? Mm. And by the time that time has elapsed, if you take too long, you know, I could be showing them a dunk from the first quarter, but by the time that my upload speeds get it up there and it's downloaded to their phones, it could be the second quarter and they wouldn't care less. Wow. Okay. Right. So it's almost like what, like real time viewing almost or real time uh, sharing. Exactly. So, so, so that was, that was, I'm talking about LTE and, and, and 4G, mm. but with 5G, I won't hesitate anymore in terms of limiting the amount of time I'm recording. Heck, I can even just go live stream and still broadcast it to them on 4K. So what I'm hearing is that instead of a tweet, it would actually be like full 4K kind of updates as it's happening in real time instead of just uh, text-based uh, kind of sharing. That's so yeah. interesting. No, seriously, I'm just any dude in the venue Recording it my on my five G phone and blasting it to the to the Twitterverse, and you'll see it in virtually almost real time. And that's the that's the possibility of how fast and and the, the when we're cutting down on these delays and how much faster this information, this visual information, can really be relayed to the audiences. You know, just changing gears a little bit because you know I'm sure audiences will also change their content consumption habits, and you know thinking about new and exciting ways about media. And I, I wanted to ask you about mm -hmm. holograms or something like that. 
about how media would be presented to uh, people in the near future. Like, what, what, what's that all about? Oh, man. Yeah. I have, a, I have an amazing story about this. Something that, that knocked me off my seat that I wasn't expecting to hear. I was very fortunate enough to interview uh, Mark Tatum uh, mm. live on ANC Whoa. Uh, when I was still based in Manila. And he is the uh, deputy commissioner of the NBA. He was like the highest ranking NBA official to visit the Philippines at the time. This was a 45-minute show that was live on ANC. And we talked about a, lo- a bunch of different things from the future of the league and player development, all this and that. And I just wanted to throw him a question about where their app, League Pass, was going. Yeah. So you're seeing the same game, but you can click from the, let's say, the ESPN broadcasters, or I can listen to the home team announcers and then the visiting team announcers. And then what was new then was that you could click on what they called influencers. And it was fascinating because they actually were inviting hip-hop influencers, sneaker influencers to come in and kind of commentate the game, but not to try to be like sportscaster, but just be themselves. Like they're in your couch sitting beside you, just, you know, jawing about the game. And like, oh my God, did you see that dog by the brawn? Or things like that. So I was asking him about that. And lo and behold, you know, as he, as he countered, he said, yeah, that's great. We're reaching, you know, different audiences with these different people, these different influencers. And then he said something that really took me by surprise. He goes, before we know it, soon enough, we'll be watching the game right here in front of us on this table via hologram. Dang. And I'm like, what? I like, I literally paused for like a few seconds and my jaw dropped. <laughs> and then I'm like thinking, hang on. And then after the show, I remember thinking to myself how meaningful that short statement was. For me, uh, why? Because in my years of interviewing NBA personalities, whether they're players or league executives, what they say usually goes through the ringer of their PR companies, right? Yeah, absolutely. Secondly, for him to say that, that he was allowed to say that, I'll bet you my right leg that he has seen a working demo. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that they have the cameras already inside the arenas because you may see them now when they do these 360-degree replays Yeah, and they have these cameras all around the arenas. I do know for a fact that each arena now has 30 different camera angles up in the rafters because they're using it for statistical tracking. They're tracking now every player and their stats and monitoring the distance of their run, the speed of the run, all this and that. So it wouldn't be far-fetched to think that in one of those arenas, they've added more cameras to capture all the angles they need for a holographic 3D angle or angles. Yeah. So he's seen a working demo for sure that was recorded, not live. But when you have 5G capability, you could see that live. Wow. So it's not far-fetched to think that in the next few years, that when the devices are there in terms of the holographic projectors are there, we could very well be watching the NBA Finals in a living room, not on a screen, but on a table. Yeah. You know, but take it further. Imagine you could see these holographic projections projected in life size. Yeah. You could, you could, wow. you could actually fill up the Mall of Asia arena at 10 in the morning watching an NBA game live with people that are there in the actual stadiums but you're getting the holographic projection wow. on the court. That's so possible. Wow. <laughs> Call me crazy, but it is a possibility in my head. You know, I was actually just thinking about how this type of technology, these holograms could actually translate beyond spots and news or, or sports and news or into content like Netflix and YouTube. Like, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, you remember uh, Bandersnatch, the the choose your own adventure. Sure. What if that was actually occurring in a holographic environment and how 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 crazy would that content be? You know, like uh, what are there? T- yeah, I could totally see holograms being uh, in different types of things, concerts, uh, if you will, but 
theater plays. Like mm. you, you, only a few thousand people can really watch Hamilton live on stage, right? Yeah. In the various places they are in, like in New York or wherever else. But when you can have them broadcast through holograms, a yeah. theater play anywhere in the world, oh my goodness. Wow. That's going to go places, right? <laughs> Remember, so you're seeing the quality of the video really improved. Imagine the audio as well. Mm. And as long as you have a 5.1 surround sound setup in your home, whatever, yeah. or if you have really good headphones, man, that's no joke. The kind of immersive experience you can have. You know, I saw a movie recently, uh, Ready Player One, right? Where you're in like a completely different world. Mm -hmm. It's totally uh, immersive. Thinking about all these different types of ways to deliver uh, journalism in a 5G environment, mm -hmm. all these different types of content and technologies. What are actually, what other future technologies are we expecting to develop alongside 5G in order to enable these new ways of consuming content? Oh man, you know, what you've been talking about mostly is just really 5G usage from a broadcast standpoint. Yep. Can you imagine what kind of 5G devices people will have on the other end to consume them. Mm. It, it, it's not far-fetched to think that the tech companies will once again endeavor in going into wearables, right? Yeah. Google Lens tried it you know, a few years ago. I think the devices that we probably haven't even imagined yet will be something that will be coming to really enhance the way people will use it. Because right now we're thinking, oh, it's going to make our phones you know, watch faster, 4K faster, yeah, exactly, our yeah. laptops, our tablets. But before you know it, when the capability is truly there, the data speeds and latency, low latency, all really there, these tech companies will start to leapfrog and they'll be able to come out with amazing devices like the, the holographic projectors. But you can really look at, you know, lenses, AR, VR. These things will be really fully taken advantage of and the experience will be out of this world, really. I mean, you know, even for news. So, for example, you want to be like in the middle of Congress. You know, you wanna you wanna watch a hearing, or you wanna be in the middle of a political debate, or whatever it is, right? Or you wanna be in the middle of a storm. Okay, yeah. <laughs> to really see what it's like to be in the middle of a tsunami, right? I mean, it's it's I mean, it's crazy, but it's possible. Yeah. Just to really see and feel these events that journalists do our best to deliver it to everybody's homes every evening in their TV screens or in their phones or in their tablets, but now they can be truly immersed in those experiences yeah. once those devices are created. You're so right. You know, with the wearable, you were talking about virtual reality too. I mean, like, you know, people who aspire to travel around the world could actually see these uh, places mm -hmm. in a completely immersible environment. That's amazing. And wow, TJ, this is a really great conversation. And do you have like a final word on 5G before we close? Would love to hear your last thoughts. Well, if, if there's anybody who I'd like to shout out to, it's the hardware developers. Yeah. Guys, catch up, you know? <laughs> we need more 5G devices, 5G phones, 5G-enabled laptops and tablets, and 5G-enabled cars. I've seen a glimpse of the future of how all of this is going to play out in terms of the connected world, how it's going to solve so many problems as well in terms of traffic congestion, people getting operated on from a doctor from across the world. The telcos at Globe and, and the others, I'm for sure they're, they're, I know they're working hard to build the infrastructure already. And it's a matter of the rest of the industry, right? All the other um, stakeholders, so to speak, to really catch up and, and really be prepared to give the power to the consumers and say, hey, look at this, look at what this, this, this whole world we've created for you and how it's gonna make life 
better. I mean, not just, you know, faster will be, we might even forget saying the word faster anymore because it's just going to be understood, right? Everything is will be about improving the quality of life, improving the quality of experiences, improving so many things that we've barely touched the surface on. So I'm really excited and uh, I hope that uh, everything just fits and finds its space and place. And even for the young people out there who will be entrepreneurs, app developers, startup people, this space will just make things so much more exciting for everybody. So I can't wait to awesome. see what's next. Well, thank you so much, uh, TJ, for this amazing conversation. And thank you for being a part of the show. Appreciate it. Thank you guys so much for tuning into Possibilities, the 5G series podcast only on the Globe on the Radar channel. To learn more about 5G and the endless ways it brings the future closer than ever, please hit that follow icon so you don't miss a beat. You may also check out globe.com.ph forward slash 5G to discover more about this new technology. Catch you guys then.